You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. All right, on this episode, I've got Nick Bradley, who's also a podcast host, and he's a scale-up specialist, coach meets consultant who helps exceptional business leaders unlock their full potential, and he's going to help us unlock our full potential today on the phone. Welcome to the show, Nick Bradley. Awesome, Jake. Listen, pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, we had an opportunity to kind of get to know each other for the first couple of minutes here when we, we hopped on the Zoom. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting to know you and, uh, and just hanging out with you today. So as a global scale-up strategist and performance coach, uh, kind of tell us a little bit of, uh, you know, everyday life in Nick Bradley's shoes here lately. Yeah, okay. So lately, lately it's been pretty full on. I mean, I used to, I used to jump on planes all the time and, and head from the UK to your neck of the woods. So I would be on a plane... Right probably two weeks out of every month. And of course, oh, wow. with stuff that's been going on with global pandemics and whatever else, I've been kind of on Zoom for about as long as I can possibly remember. Wow. But um, typical day, I mean, I, I work with clients all over the world. I tend to work with businesses that are generating sort of eight figures or more. Um, and I tend to work with business leaders who have an ambition to create empires. So that's right. where I play. And just to sort of say, sometimes people hear the word empire and they, they think that's a negative thing. They think of like Genghis Khan. <laughs> they think of, <laughs> you know, whatever, someone taking over the world. But I, I, I think of empires differently. I think that if you can create that level of scale in a business, not only can you create freedom and wealth for yourself, but you can also make a bigger impact. So I like to work with people who have that ambition. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I like to say, put down the Lego blocks and start building the empire. It's, you know, it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. And a lot of people, you know what, Jake, a lot of people don't set themselves big enough goals or um, big enough visions, right? They kind of play small. And and listen, I'm, I understand why we do that because people kind of get in their own heads sometimes. They get fearful of what could happen. But I like to, as I said, I like to work with people who, who want to break through that and they want to kind of create something extraordinary. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of, um, you know, virtual kind of work from home platforms are or evolving right now and and have you found that with with the current state of um, the economics in the, in the world and everything we're in the recording this right now we're still at uh, in a pandemic I mean so a lot of a lot of companies are going virtual have, have you seen um, companies really um, like overcome these challenges and if so are, are you helping them overcome these challenges of going remote yeah I mean what I what I've been sort of I've been involved in a number of different um, uh, kind of things that are happening around this space. I, I tend to say to companies, you have to have a, a an ambition and a rapid pivot towards online if that's practical within your business model. And most business models have a way of delivering that. I mean, there are obviously some that don't, like if you're a hairdresser or a barber down the road, that's a bit right. difficult. But a lot of service-based businesses and and those type of industries, they have the ability to be able to deliver what they were delivering face-to-face through some form of virtual um, environment. So I, I've been very busy in the last three months with people 
firstly panicking. A lot of people going, oh my God, everything that I thought was the case, you know, back in the beginning of 2020 no longer exists. What am I going to do? And a lot of people getting in their own heads around that. But what I have found is there's been two types of, of entrepreneur, if you like, through this period. There's been the one who has hibernated. They literally have said, that's it, I'm done and I'm going right. to go and, you know, run away, literally. And that's a, that's a normal sort of thing. Right. And then you've got the others who have said, no, I'm going to dig in. You know, I'm going to double down on marketing. I'm going to double down on investing. I'm going to build my audience and I'm going to maybe not make revenue or money straight away from what I'm doing, but I know that at some point in the future, if I help enough people, it's going to come back. And that's what I'm seeing, quite a, quite a change there. Right. Yeah. And we have a mutual friend, uh, David Melter, who likes to say there's activity that I get paid for. There's activity that I don't get paid for. Right. And that's right. And, and, yeah, and I love that. Sometimes the activity you don't get paid for pays off in dividends later. Yeah. And I was talking to my business partner this morning about this because because we, we have a saying that, you know, lots goes on in, in what we do because we buy businesses. We obviously scale. I've got my own investments. I own seven companies. Um, I've got 10 lines of income currently. So I'm busy with lots of stuff. But, but what I say every single day is if I can serve someone and I can create something every single day, just two things, create, serve someone, create something, then my day is done. And that's what I tend to focus on. Anything else I do in that day is a bonus. And I tend to operate in that way. And it's, it serves me well. Yeah. I, w- I work with a lot of entrepreneurs right now who, who are in the, this, either from startup phase or they are doing, you know, multiple eight figures in revenue, especially in performance marketing world of the you know, digital marketing lead generation. And, you know, they, a lot of people that I talk to, they have dreams of being acquired. And I see that, you know, um, and some of our audience has, has this desire to want to be acquired one day, you know, we, we want to build a business and we want to be able to, you know, have this wealth, generational wealth and, and all these things, you know, in three to five years. So kind of walk me through, what are some of the things that you look for, whether it's an investment into a business or, you know, if you're looking to acquire business, what are some of the things that, that you look for? Yeah. So I'll give you, um, what's interesting. So I'll give some backstory just so, um, the listeners understand where I'm coming from here a bit. So I did, I did 10 years in private equity. So private equity is where you have an investment firm. They raise funds from usually high net worth individuals, sometimes companies, some front, sometimes, um, endowment funds and whatever else. And then they buy businesses that are under leveraged, undervalued. And then they try and, um, optimize them, scale them up, uh, so they can sell them for significantly more. Right. So I did 10 years doing that. And I was the sort of turnaround guy. I would go into investments that weren't working out very well for these private equity firms and I'd have to go in there and put in the people, the processes, the systems to make them scale. So what, what I'll give, um, give your listeners is I, I think there are six characteristics mm. of a business which is highly valuable. And a highly valuable business means it's got predictability and profit and it means it has the opportunity to be bought by someone because it's so awesome. It works so well that other people are attracted to it, Right. right? And some of these things are quite obvious, but the first thing that they all have is they've got purpose. So they've got a clear vision. They've got a clear plan. They know where they are now. They know where they want to get to. So that's the first thing. And it'd be surprised right. how many businesses I get into that don't even have right. that first thing. Right. The vision. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have right. it. You've yeah. got to know where you're going, right? So that's the first right. thing. Second thing is they have a, um, a focus on profitability and they have a cash runway. And everyone understands profitability, but cash runway, you know, a lot of businesses that I've got involved in through COVID didn't have enough reserves to be able to survive even a month because they hadn't been protecting cash. And so it's important to have that reserve in your business because it changes the psychology of how you operate as well. 
Right. Being cash flow positive. Is that another way to put that? Yeah. You've got to be cash generative, but it's more, it's also about having the money. So what I found is um, when I say a cash runway or a cash reserve, I'm meaning having enough cash in the bank mm-hmm. that if things happen like a global pandemic, right. <laughs> which none of us predicted, <laughs> right. um, then you can survive. You can pay your right. staff, you can right. pay suppliers. You don't have to worry about just making, you know, bringing in new customers and bringing new revenue. Got it. Victory loves preparation. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always say expect the worst, but you know, was it um, expect the worst, but um, they plan for the worst, but expect the best. Right, right. You got to have that sort of psychology. Right. Um, the third thing um, that that all these companies have is they have a very clear proposition that solves a, a problem that exists in the market. And what happens sometimes, Jake, in startup to scale up is you'll get a really clever, creative entrepreneur who comes up with an idea. And then the market changes because the markets are changing so quickly with digital and all that right now that uh, that that awesome product that they had at the beginning becomes obsolete within, say, 12 months. Mm. You know, so that's an interesting one because sometimes you can create something that's amazing for a point in time, but that point in time shifts. Right. Yeah. To be prepared for that when it comes. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to you've you've got to constantly what I say to people if you've got a business you've got to constantly speaking to your customers, and you've got to constantly be looking in the, at the market and seeing what's going on and try to predict it. Right, right. And ha- so, would you even say even have a way of nurturing? You know, if you have established business relationships, what we call in the in the telesales world EBRs, established business relationships, being in front of our customer base, you know, at all different stages in their yeah. journey. Yeah, and it's it's different from a kind of marketing piece because I'll get onto that in a second. But it's more from just understanding that that their problem is the same problem that you wanted to address when you started your business. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the key piece because it's a bit like um, you know I've got a lot of clients who work in the events industry and they always predicated themselves on that people would want to turn up to live events, right? As we all did, you know, six months ago. But right now, lots of people don't even want to get on a plane, you right. know, if they can. So, yeah, sure. so you've got to think, okay, that proposition that worked in the beginning of 2020 might be right. not obsolete, but would have yeah. changed by the end. Right. Yeah. Would have needed to make a pivot by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right. so that's the third one. The fourth one is, is what I call a, a predictable flow of the right customers coming into your business, generating recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it sounds simple, but this probably lands a little bit into kind of your world with the whole telesales piece as well is that, a lot of times people spend money trying to market to the wrong customers and that's when they have to sell a lot to try and convert them. Whereas right. if you get the right customers coming into your business early through marketing, they do convert a lot more easily because you're solving the problem more readily and communicating that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last couple is um, all, and these are pretty obvious ones again, but all great businesses, ones that you know have the ability to be sold for, for multi-million dollars, have great processes and systems um, that that allow them to scale. So right. they're—I I often say they run like clockwork. They run like a machine. Yeah, yeah. And the last one is they have great people. So high-caliber people, oh, usually yeah. usually showing and demonstrating um, high-value behaviors and standards. So you know, underpinned by a set of values. Right. Right. You know, again, you would have heard some of these statements before, but the sequence of those six things is how I, when I look at a business, I'm always identifying and assessing that business against those six characteristics. Yeah. I, I love how uh, a lot of this, uh, I, I'm, I'm big into implementing um, traction into businesses, entrepreneurial operating system. It's great, isn't it? it yeah. Do you know Wickman's book? It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. All those series of books, right? Like Rocket Fuel and all that. And I, I love it because 
um, you know, a lot of what you mentioned is a lot of things that I'm helping and implementing as well. And you, without a vision, people perish. Like it start, you started there in the vision. And then, and then I love how you finished it on, uh, on like core values and culture, you know? Um, Cause even, even in my interview, like I have a, I send a lot of applicants to, um, to a uh, video interview by spark hire. And I asked them, what's your ideal company culture? And it's amazing how many people don't even realize what I'm meaning by that question, you know? I know. I know. It happens all the time. I mean, it's funny. Vision and culture are two words which are probably up there with strategy as being the three most important things you need to have in a business, right, to generate everything I just said. But though people understand strategy or they think they understand strategy, but half of them don't know what a vision is or it's not ambitious enough. And when you say culture, they kind of roll their eyes thinking, oh, that's some ethereal fairy thing that doesn't do anything. Right. But then you see these great businesses around the world, the really ones that are changing the game, and they all have very clearly defined cultures for good or for bad. Right. And, it, and it's, it, it's a great way of uh, shouting out somebody, piggybacking it off of the, them representing the core value in your organization. So that helps. So morale isn't something that you know, that you try to build, you know, inside of the organization is something that starts at the top. Yeah, it does. And and so uh, it's it's something that you, that you obviously embrace, but, um, and it also like understanding what core values are also helps to um, say somebody's not a good culture fit (laughs) and and being able to part ways and, and, you know, and, and do that professionally. <laughs> it is, you know, hiring, firing, retaining, um, <clears throat> incentivizing, everything comes down to it. And, you know, I, often, often these things get into, interwoven so they're not clear, um, bar- clear sort of um, stages. Like everything I just went through, it's not like you have to have vision first necessarily, but it is probably the starting point. But, you know, oh, all, of them, yeah. all of them work together in, in kind of unison like cogs in a machine. Right, yeah, because, I mean... Um, if, if you don't have the vision and it's not laid out and it's not clear, like the one that has clarity is the one that is most successful. And without, yeah. without a vision, where's your clarity? <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. And I say clarity and focus are superpowers, right? Because it's funny when you work with someone, let's say I work with an entrepreneur who's stuck and, and, you know, literally within the first couple of sessions of working, we can get them to clarity we can get them there. Cause you know, usually it's about asking some questions that they haven't had the time or the inclination to ask themselves for some time. Right. And as soon as you get clarity, you see their eyes light up like this, this new spark happens and all of a sudden they're, they've got the passion back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. What, what are some of the questions that you might ask me if, uh, if I need to get back to that circle of focus and that clarity, what are some things that, that you might ask me? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I challenge people with is I say, um, do you have a vision that goes a, you know, goes 10, 20 years out? Mm. And most people go, I can't even work out what I'm going to do a year from now. And they they missed the point already because it's not about, it's not about goals. It's about seeing the world in a way that you want to see the world. Mm. Right. So I often say to people, you know, jump forward, you know, at least, at least five years and look back. Right. And then I'd ask you the question, Jake, I'd say, Tell me, tell me what needs to have happened for that to be the most amazing five years of your life. Oh, wow. <laughs> what what yeah. needs to have happened to be the most? Yeah, what happened? So you're looking back. Yeah. So the important thing is you're not looking forward. You're not looking like you're going to climb the mountain. You're on top of the mountain. You've done it, right? You've reached the summit and you're looking back and you're going, wow. Right. Right. And there's a very clear reason why I ask it that way. 
because if I can get you visioning what it could be like in terms of, because already you went there, I saw your face, you started thinking, yeah. you know, what your life's like, how you're supporting your family, right. things that you're doing. And then all of a sudden you've just unlocked something in your brain, which makes it possible. Right. I'm curious as to how many people respond with how much money that they have in their bank account. The people I work with are already relatively wealthy, right. but it's an interesting question because there's a point where if you haven't yet made you know, your millions, let's say, um, then the first thing people say is, is more material. Mm-hmm. They want financial freedom, yeah. right? They want the security that comes from financial freedom. Once someone has reached that, um, and they've and they've they've made you know a bit of money. They've got some investments. Normally, they say they want to make an impact. They want to make a bigger impact, and that yeah. doesn't mean solving the world's biggest problems, right. but it means making a wider contribution. And they don't even realize that when they say that, or because I'm sure that a lot of people you work with mean that, and they're very authentic with that, right? And and the reality is that they probably don't even realize that impact equals revenue. Yeah. They don't realize it's a circle. It's a great point, Jake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, the more impact you can make before you have financial freedom increases your chances of of achieving financial freedom anyway. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and and I'm curious, um, with, with you, Nick is, you know, as you work with, you know, other successful entrepreneurs and you've been doing this for quite some time, it looks like, how, how do you define success? What's your definition of success? Yeah, so I've always had two two answers to this question, um, and a lot of it comes back from my kind of upbringing. So first, first and foremost, I, you know, I, I I value growth and I value learning, and I've had to transform myself many a time through various challenges that I've had. And I don't say that you know in any kind of way that's probably different to anyone else. I think we all have our challenges, but for me, it's about you know the best version that I can be. It's about growing enough that I can I can continually progress to become the best version of myself. Um, then it's about, um, you know, making sure that I can support my family. So a lot of my why, you know, to use the whole Simon Sinek thing is making sure that I can be the best father and husband as I possibly can be and making sure that I'm giving that support, that love to my family. Absolutely. And then the third area for me is, is, is the making an impact. And for me, that's about, I mean, I've got a really strong mission behind this. I want to, I want to be able to bring an entrepreneurial skill set and mindset to people in the world who don't have access to that level of, um, thinking, you know, and I, I, I did a, I'll share with you this story very quickly. I ran a, an ultra marathon, um, in South Africa in 2013, which is called the comrades. It's, um, 87 kilometers running uphill. So you run all day, um, from a place called Durban to Pyramidsburg and halfway along that journey. So, you know, you're running in 34 degrees Celsius. So that's about what 80 or 90, right? right. Halfway along that journey, you reach the world vision camps where all the orphans live. Mm. And these kids literally are lining up along the fence line. They've got, you know, mud all over their clothes. They're dirty. They've got um, hardly any possessions. They're thin. You know, they're obviously being fed, but they're, they're, they haven't got much. And they are so happy. And, and one of the things I think is like, you know, how can, how can I do what I'm doing and bring some of the entrepreneurial um, education, if you want to call that, to people like that? Because they just don't get the opportunities that say you and I get. And, and that's for me why I want to, I want to keep doing what I'm doing because the more successful I can make entrepreneurs make an impact with their businesses by building empires, the more it allows me to do what I'm doing, build my own empire, but also make that wider contribution. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how many people in this world uh, want love. <laughs> and if in, in, 
go to that orphanage that you talked about. That's where you can find it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, I get goosebumps telling the story now because it was such a powerful, first and foremost, I'd run a marathon getting there. <laughs> you know, I'd already right. run 40 odd kilometers. So I was burnt and tied out. But these kids, like they, they were trying to give you water through the fence. They didn't even have yeah. much water themselves. And they're trying to give you water as you're doing this run. Wow. <laughs> and it's like the, the selflessness of that. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I think sometimes we get lost in all this complexity of where we are in the Western world or the modern world, but sometimes something like that really grounds you. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's incredible, man. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And, and you sound like somebody who definitely is is not an overnight success because you have so much humility about you. What are some things that you felt at? Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. I started my first business at eighteen. Um, and sold that when I was 20. And then I started another business and that failed massively. And I lost a bit of money from that. I suppose the biggest failure that I had though, and this is an interesting one, I think for people, if they're, you know, some of your listeners may still be employed. Some of them may have a, um, a dream, if you like, of becoming more entrepreneurial yeah. is I, I, I had a corporate career for about 20 years where I was trying to follow something which wasn't really me. In fact, I think I was following the safety route thinking, oh, it's safe to have a job. And I call it a failure in terms of I I should have been doing what I do now much earlier. So it's not a failure because I made the change, but I lived um, in this kind of world of of not living to my true potential Mm. because of fear for a long time. So I wasted, in my view, quite a lot of time. I'm grateful that I've now changed that. Right. But, you know, if I look back, it could have been, it could have been something that I discovered in my twenties and not sort of in my late thirties. Late thirties, right. (laughs) I'm now 45. So I've been been in this this route for five years, but since I made the, the decision to follow my passion and do what I really love doing, everything changed. Right. Yeah. And then you knock off quite a few years because you don't definitely don't look your age. There you go. By, so by you, you should have seen me. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm 46 in about two weeks. Oh, wow. So there yeah. you go. So yeah. It's but all those marathons. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But it's also, but I think it isn't. And this is the thing, you know, when you see people, they just look a lot, they look burnt out. They looked overwhelmed. Sure. And a lot of the clients, when I meet them are a bit like that. I imagine. And, and you know, you know why it is. It's because they are, they're living in fear. They're not showing up how they can show up. They've got all this pressure. They've got all these emotions running through their heads and they just need to be brave enough to be able to transition from that. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, something that I like to say, especially a, a model on a podcast is like emotionally detaching yourself from an outcome so you can simply enjoy the journey. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a, And I love the word you, you can be committed to something but, you, but being attached is a very different thing. So I like to say I'm committed to what I do, but I'm not attached to it because I think sometimes yeah. being too attached to something right. can, yeah. can make the pressure build up. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you see a lot of uh, relationships in because exactly. much pressure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and so you definitely uh, pressure either burst pipes or it makes diamonds, right? Yeah. That, well, I love that. I prefer the diamonds, mate. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So you got to, you got to be able to shine through it all, you know? And, uh, wow. What a, what a great way to start my morning, Nick. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it was five thirty AM when we started here Pacific time and, uh, and you get it too, man, the grind you sharing with me that you're, you're up to like midnight doing podcasts and things like that. And, uh, so 
um, you know, it was definitely a, a wonderful experience for me just to just to hear you out. And, uh, you know, we're on the same page with a lot of things. So uh, for the for the audience, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me. Um, so my podcast is um, Scale Up Your Business. So if anyone's got a business that they're struggling to grow at this point in time, I've got, I think, 90 odd episodes there now. It's been going for about 18 months and there's, I cover everything. So they can, they can definitely um, subscribe or download that from the usual places, Apple and Spotify. Then um, I've got the Scale Up Your Business community on Facebook if you want to join that. Or they can reach out to me on my website, which is nickcbradley.com. Um, and, uh, and just send me a message, um, hook up and I'm always happy to try and help people as much as I can. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time here to Nick, Nick today. Appreciate you. Yeah, no worries, Jake. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, um, thanks for getting up so early in the morning, mate, to, <laughs> to, uh, to interview me up here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Working, man. I appreciate you. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. So put off the hook.